Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Ad Love Podcast. Today, my guest is Az Fahmi. Some of you may know her, some of you may not. Um, good friend of mine for a while. Uh, I happened to catch her when she was here in Sydney for a short period of time. Um, we talk about pop culture, we talk about social media and how it affects our mental health, both negative and positive. We talk about martial arts, uh, we talk about gun control, which is quite an interesting conversation to have with her. And we talk about accidental counseling and a few other things. Um, there's quite a lot of chat about Game of Thrones in here. Um, and it's very obvious that we're both very passionate about it. Hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Uh, please help me in making as feel welcome. Just add love. Don't be delirious. Just add love. Stop one so serious. Just add love. A little more lenient. Just add love. The key ingredient. Big Star Wars fan, not gonna lie. Yeah. Fan of the originals. Hate the prequels with a passion. Don't at me. <laughs> Don't defend them. All right, let's uh, welcome us. Thank you for coming. <laughs> let's start with Star Wars. <laughs> I hate the prequels. I hate Hayden Christensen. Well, I don't hate hate. Like not. It's not like actual hate. Yeah. I just um, utterly despise him. Um, I hated that? the acting in the prequels. Especially the love scenes between him and Natalie Portman's mm-hmm. character. It was Amidala or something. I, I, um... Wait, the prequels, so the newer ones, right? The one, so the Phantom Menace and... and yeah. Yeah, those ones. So, so, um, in the end... So, in the original Return of the Jedi, right? Mm. At the end, you see, like, that kind of hologram of, um... Of, uh... Darth Vader, right? Yep. And then they did the digitally remastered versions. Yep. And they took out the Ewok song. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of like, <laughs> you know, tension. There's a lot of debate about whether the Ewok song is actually good or just, yeah. you know, crap. Um, but they took out the Ewok song, which hurt my soul because as a child, like I loved it. Mm. And then um, they also replaced the original Darth without obviously the um, the Darth Vader yeah. costume with Hayden Christensen. Yep. That was wrong. Why? They changed the original <laughs> to put what is you you know what they may as well put Jar Jar Binks there, you know mm. it was just wrong. And anyway, any any movie with the character of Jar Jar Binks, like it was just no. That was did you hear the, the too far? Did you hear the um the Jar Jar Binks theory that he's like a major Sith and yeah, I heard that. But like... you know what? That's just grasping at straws. Right. That's just fans trying desperately to make to, it relevant. To yeah, to just you <laughs> make know, it interesting. Ma- ma- you know, or to make excuses for George Lucas mm. for that for that horrible, <laughs> horrible failure. Well, I find it interesting. I love that. I love that stuff. Like fan theories and. I've no. been watching Game of Thrones fan theories for yeah, weeks. Yes, I love. I, I I watch Emergency Awesome and all those other like. Yeah. Um. You know, but you know what annoyed me about Game of Thrones? Mm. 
So, obviously, there were the leaks that came on Reddit, right? Yep. So, people knew what was going to happen, I think, in the last two yeah, episodes. Yeah, two episodes, yeah. Yeah. And then these, like, these videos of these, like, Game of Thrones experts come out where they're doing their predictions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, they have read the they've leaks. They've read the links. They've read the, the so, spoilers. Like, exactly. And yeah, so, yeah. that I was trying to avoid the leaks. But then, in retrospect, I realized that they had actually mm. um, leaked it through the predictions. Sure. So everything they predicted yeah, yeah. conveniently happened mm. on the show. So that was so annoying. That was. I did not like that. I, I try and avoid anything I watch or anything I want to watch, anything I want to see. I mm. can't. I avoid mm. all leaks or mm. posts or trailers. I don't even watch trailers for things I want to watch. Yeah, yeah, it depends. Some tra- trailers, trailers give all away. Yeah, trailers used to be this hype up for, yeah. you know, the movie or the show yeah. or whatever it was, but. I feel like they're giving too much away now. Yeah. Do you remember the um, Aladdin, the original teaser trailer for Aladdin with Will Smith? Um, so it came out yeah. and then um, people saw the Blue Genie, which I believe is all CGI mm. anyway. And obviously people hold Robin Williams' Aladdin close to their hearts. Yeah. Like a lot of people grew up in that yeah, era. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, you can't, you can't redo what he did. That yeah. was magic. Um, despite all the Orientalist racist stuff mm-hmm. that was in that animation. So, um, yeah, so then this trailer came out and people were horrified. And then all these funny memes came out, you know, like, just just making fun of Will Smith's Aladdin. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think they even make reference to it in the film. Um, you know, obviously they didn't plan it, but he, he was like, because people were like, he's the wrong blue as well. <laughs> and then Will Smith in the film is like, hey, you know, I've been st- stuck inside this cave. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen much, you know, like I'm, I'm pale. Yeah. <laughs> My blue is pale. Yeah. So, so then people hated it so mm. much. They tried to make it the most disliked video on YouTube. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know if you know about PewDiePie and the end of year review for YouTube. Um, yeah. YouTube Rewind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Isn't that isn't that the most disliked video on YouTube? So what they this did was, thing? there was a campaign. I don't know if it was PewDiePie that told them yeah. to, but one of them told them to... Um, so, take off their dislike for Justin Bieber's baby, which was currently the most disliked video mm. on YouTube. You know his first song? Baby, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were like, okay, so take was, off your yeah. dislike for that and then add it for the YouTube Rewind video. Because we're going to make it, yeah, so... Ah. Yeah. So, so then to remove the to, dislike, it doesn't get disliked as much, but then you're putting it on the other video, the which YouTube is the Rewind, one. yeah, which is great. But, but anyway... Re- it was were, cringy, though. Yeah. It was super cringy. Which one? YouTube Rewind? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> And I love how they keep um, not including PewDiePie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, still till this day... Um, like the biggest subscriber they like the biggest subscriber base they have he brings in he's probably bringing in a ton of money yeah what has he got like 100 million subscribers yeah. or something I think it's gone down a little did you see what it is did you see what happened when he was going up against that um that other channel it was basically a, a channel in which they used to uh, publish Indian Bollywood music yeah and then he actually released a song uh, a rap song about it mm-hmm. and there was this subscriber battle for the last like three or four months no people, way. people were taking out massive massive um billboards all over the world yeah. and they're like subscribe for this oh, subscribe to yeah Pride. yeah and then it got really ugly when the new zealand uh the new zealand um massacre when mm. the guy said subscribe to pewdiepie and then i think pewdiepie came out and he made a video saying okay we're gonna yeah, end this thing that's too you much know enough. like it's just it's just gone too but far that guy, that guy was 
I don't know. He's whole. Foodie Pie? No, no. Oh. The, oh, the New Zealand. Yeah, the New Zealand guy. Well, he's actually Australian, unfortunately. Yeah. His, um, his whole thing was a meme. Yeah. Like, everything was a meme. It was, like, very jokey, which is kind of sad. Yeah, the guy, he's just... Oh, he's not even worth talking about, to be honest. Mm. He just, just full of hate and people like that that are just full of hate. Um, I think we can just look at our politicians mm. as prime examples. Yeah. People who peddle that and who encourage that behaviour. I mean, we had the Attorney General, George Brandis, at one stage say, it's okay to be a bigot, you know? And kind of like giving oxygen to all these racists. Yeah. But like going back to PewDiePie, who's also been accused of being like... Um, yeah, I've seen some stuff, yeah. Yeah, a bit right-wing, mm. been, but he's denied it. Mm. Um, so... Sometimes I like his stuff. Um, like, I like his commentary and stuff because mm. sometimes he'll go against the green. Yeah. So, like, um, the, I don't know if you knew about the whole Tati versus James Charles. Um, no. Yeah. So, so what happened was, this was happening around the same time as the Game of Thrones finale as yeah. well. And you know how everyone hated Game of Thrones yeah, finale, yeah. how it ended? So people were like, this is the real Game of Thrones happening in the beauty blogger world yeah. on YouTube right now. Like, this is where the real action oh, is. Oh, you know what? I think I did see this. It got pretty ugly, but I think This is where was... two people, they were friends, and then yeah. one of them helped start, like, some makeup line. No, it was like a vitamin. So she owns, like, right, a right. vitamin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, company. I don't know. And then he, he was stuck at Coachella, and he... He was explaining that he couldn't get VIP tickets mm. for the second weekend of Coachella. Um, and he was afraid that fans would like rip him to shreds, yeah. you know, and get too touchy-feely. So he felt like he was in danger a little bit. Um, and then, uh, so a company came in and said, there were vitamin company, a rival to Tati's company, um, who said, hey, if you promote our thing yeah. on Insta Story, then we'll give you tickets. Fix you up, yeah. um, the thing is, Tati helped James Charles. Yeah, yeah I think career. I have seen this one, yeah. Yeah, she... Helped build him up and build exactly. his fan base and mm-hmm. all of this stuff. Because she was, she was around before him. Mm. Um, so she felt like it was an act of betrayal. But then it got ugly because then she started accusing him of like trying to turn um, straight guys into, you know, gay yeah, and all yeah. this stuff. And, but then... But then James Charles came out with another... Like, everyone started attacking James Charles and he lost um, millions of subscribers. Yeah, this was the biggest uh, unsubscribe yes. like, streak in YouTube history, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure Yeah, I'm not sure about the record, but, yeah. like... I think I'm, of, I'm pretty sure it broke the record. Including a yeah. lot of celebrities. Yeah. Uh, which must have been a blow to his ego. Mm. Um, so then he finally... So he put out an apology video where he was crying... And then finally he put out like a long 40 minute video, but this time he had receipts. Mm-hmm. And then when you watch it, you're like, oh boy, like, like he, he, I felt personally, mm. like I'm not a big fan of the guy or anything, but I felt like he was definitely screwed, uh, screwed mm. over. Like, cause from his point of view, um, you know, it wasn't as black and white as people saw it. Mm-hmm. You know, he showed a lot of text messages and he showed a lot of things that happened um, but then he also kind of alluded to the fact that his mental health was now yeah. at risk. And that for me, that part of the video, I just saw something that was like real in that moment Yeah, where he was just kind of like recalibrating and just being like, you know, it's not worth the yeah. risk to my mental health. And he alluded to the fact that he was going to a very dark yeah, place. place. 
Um, and for a 19-year-old... But what about what he was doing to other people? Because the accusations were that he was flaunting his fame and money and yeah. basically was trying to turn straight guys gay. Well, the guy, the guy that they... That particular guy, he had receipts that the guy was actually chasing after him at, you okay. know, later on. Mm. So it like, yeah. So you know, they, they had a, like a like a little mini relationship, um, and then, and then I think James in the end rejected the guy. Mm. So and he he showed all the texts and stuff. So it wasn't as black and white. It wasn't like you know what I mean. Um, and so even like Jeffrey Star, who's also huge on um, YouTube in the Mula world, the yeah. makeup artist world. He was, um, he even was contrite. Like, he even apologized for calling James Charles out and all that stuff. Mm. But PewDiePie called it. And you know, when everyone else was hating on James, like, PewDiePie was like, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like, you know what I mean? He's yeah. Like, it sounds a little bit fishy. Yeah. And then I think PewDiePie gloated about it as well. Like, afterwards, he was just <laughs> like, I told I you told guys. You so. But that's what I like about PewDiePie is that I think he's not afraid to be different. And this is some. This is the guy that started. Get, um, he got all his followers from all the video games. And yeah, stuff, yeah. Commentary, video game stuff. reviews and stuff. Yeah, so he's he's done well for himself. How do you think YouTube as a whole, or social media as a whole, has changed the way we interact with other people? We experience conflict. We, because all of this stuff is all online, right? Oh look, social media is a bit of a problem. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think it can be used for good. Um, I think a lot of people do good things on social media. Mm. Personally, I my Instagram feed is just filled with like psychology mm. stuff because that's what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, but so and and you also have the option to mute on Instagram, so you don't have to unfollow someone. Mm. You can check their page when you feel like it, but if you don't want your feed to be just like filled with God knows what, mm. you know, selfies or this that whatever. Like everyone has their own, you know. Yeah. Some people love the fashion stuff. And they get ideas from it. Some people hate it. Some people... But I was reading research that um, suicide rates amongst young girls Girls, has increased. Mm. um, And they say that there's a link to social media. Mm. And when I... uh, So I did a bit of digging and um, they were saying that it was because a lot of young girls in particular felt like they couldn't live up to those standards. Mm. Um, Of all the fakery that's on because you know a lot of these people they have makeup artists they have stylists they have lights yeah. light good lighting yeah, yeah, they yeah. have like you know it takes a whole team yeah. to make you know a lot of these like influencers look a it's like way. you're you're comparing your blooper reel to their highlight reel exactly like people are living or well, they're not even living that life they're showing mm. whatever life they want to show yeah online and people are comparing their lives, you know, all of their, the shit that they have to live with on a daily basis exactly. compared to these quote unquote perfect lives that That's they see online. The other thing I find interesting is that when we grew up, mm. back in you, my day, <laughs> back in the good old days, love-ish, you used to be able to, you know, almost get bullied and then go home and find mm. a haven away from that stuff. Yeah. Whereas exactly. now because it's online, it's always there. Yeah. It like, follows you. And it becomes amplified and worse. And that kind of gang mentality almost is amplified because yeah. it's so easy for people to yeah. 
And there, there was a time before smartphones, believe it or not. <laughs> I'm looking at my niece right now. <laughs> there was a time where there was something called a payphone. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> so, so like now when you read like, and I feel like it has the same effect with people who are heartbroken or whatever it is, like, mm. or they got a message from their boss or whatever. Now you've got these like devices mm. and you can read these messages over and over and over again. Say you're heartbroken right. and then you go through all the texts and whatever and it's just kind of like you're putting yourself you know like you're not given some people are not given that separation that they mm. need in order the to respite heal. from that from whatever it is that's causing that heartbreak exactly and i guess that's why a lot of um people professionals would and i know this from the psychology pages that i yeah. follow but like they would um recommend you know distance and maybe even like um you know blocking you yeah. know, like blocking them for a little while or whatever, just to give you that peace of mind. Well, wasn't that the old method is you, whatever it is that's causing the heartache is you just put everything in a, in a barrel and burn it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I went to a smash room on Sunday. Yeah. Um, this, uh, yeah, I saw ago. that. Yeah. Yeah. And you just go there and you just beat, like you just smash plates. Mm. They give you like a baseball bat and then there's another one like, uh, I don't even know what it is. It's, it's like a steel rod or whatever mm. and you just you just basically break stuff in there and let your frustrations out mm. and they play like really loud music yeah, and yeah. it's just like you get amped you get amped <laughs> and then you like scream and smash stuff and it's amazing like it really it's a great stress relief mm. um so the one i did was how long were you in there for you get 10 minutes which is plenty of time by the way yeah um doesn't seem like a lot because you get a crate yeah. And it takes about 10 minutes yeah, to destroy yeah. this crate. And then once you're <laughs> done with the crate, then you can like bash like an f- old photocopy or whatever it is that's yeah. in there. Um, but if you get, if you have two people in the room, yeah. then you get 20 minutes together. That's pretty good. Yeah. And if you want more stuff to break, mm. you can pay for extra. You can even pay to keep the bat, you know. And you're, <laughs> yeah. Good memories. The memories of good destruction. Memory. You can put it next to your like yeah, photo yeah. of your family. And you're <laughs> And this is my bad. Yeah, so... Um, what, um, what is it about breaking stuff that makes it feel... Well, I first saw it... Um, I was watching a Sean Mendes video. Don't judge me. <laughs> Huge fan of Shawnee. Yeah. Um, and he was in Japan. And he um, he went to one of these rooms. And then I thought about it recently. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they still... Like, I wonder if there's one in Australia. And then I saw that there wasn't one in Sydney. Mm. There was one in Wollongong. Wollongong, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I told people about it. There used to be one here. But I think they closed down recently. Like six months ago or something like that. Yeah, I think it's still going to be operating in the future. But it's one of those, um, you know, the moving ones. like. um, Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. It moves around. Yeah, it moves around. Um, So... Yeah, so that was such a great experience. Mm. Like, I really recommend it. Like, if you're gonna, you know, if you feel like you just need to let out some frustration, yeah. you know, other than that, go to a Greek restaurant and splash, splash <laughs> some plates or something, you know, like let it out. Yeah, well, that's yeah. why I did. Uh, I used to do like a lot of martial arts. Uh, yeah. Nothing recently, but I used mm. to, because that was a mad, like an awesome way to yeah. let off some steam. Yeah, exactly. Like when you hit that bag, yeah, I used to feel. Very strong. Or when you when you accidentally hit your instructor, <laughs> which is what I've accidentally. done. Yeah. Well, he accidentally hit me a few times, mm. so it was great to get him back. Well, what yeah. did you used to do, like martial arts? Um, it was like mainly kickboxing. Yeah. I did it briefly. Um, I did do taekwondo at one point, and I broke my foot. Okay. So I broke the fifth metatarsal. Mm. Um, so that. How long ago was that? 
Look, it was it was so long ago that I I the boot wasn't around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you, you know when you break your foot, yeah, you yeah, a boot. Put a boot on. I had a cast, mm. and even though I broke my old foot, school plaster, yeah, mate, they plastered me right above my knee. So, <laughs> and not only that, I had to have it raised. <laughs> So I was for six weeks with my foot raised. I was in Turkey. And you can't bend at the knee. I can't bend at the knee. I, I had so many different styles of crutches as well. You know, you know, some people collect cars. I was collecting crutches. Like there was the ones that you use your wrist and then there's the ones that you put under your arms. Yeah, yeah. Those ones are a bit dangerous because apparently if you hit the wrong nerve, then it okay. can cause some serious damage. Mm. So there was a, a way to wear that one. And it was just, yeah. All I remember <laughs> is that your wrists are incredible because they can really carry your body. Yeah. Man. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that, that was sucky for mm. me. While my family was out traveling around the world, <laughs> I looked like to Linda Blair from The Exorcist <laughs> with crazy hair of my, like, leg raised for six weeks. Mm. And you never yeah. got back into martial arts after that? No, no, I did, but years later. Yeah. Yeah. And boxing, I really enjoyed boxing. I don't know which one I enjoyed more, to be honest. Maybe the martial arts. Yeah, yeah. I used to do a lot of um, kickboxing as well, Muay Thai. Mm. Uh, and the, the reason why I loved Muay Thai more than other martial arts was it was very much a sentiment of get hit, but hit back harder. Yeah. So it was this really brutal... Mm. You know, and it's just, if you look at the Thai style, the way yeah. they, they kickbox, it's it was amazing just yeah. to watch uh, the toughness that these fighters mm. go, you know, they experience. And, yeah. you know, some of their 14-year-olds that are training at yeah. Lumpini Stadium in, in Thailand, like, would bash, I guess, oh, wow. <laughs> could fight, like, really seasoned yeah. fighters here, you know. <clears throat> See, I wanted to do, like, this thing where you go on a camp. Yeah. to Thailand mm. and you get these instructors because I have a friend um, in Turkey who did it and he said it was the most incredible thing mm. um, we go there for he was there for two months but you go there and then they have this whole program mm. it's like you can do it for two weeks or whatever yeah, and yeah. Then just like it's just every day intense training and then yeah like that's something I'd Seems, probably yeah. like to do because you train then you eat Thai food. Maybe mm. <laughs> go to the beach. You know? Like, it sounds like... It, it actually yeah. sounds fun. And look, the thing is, I don't like going to the gym, as mm. you can see. Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't like going to the gym because I just hate... I, I find it claustrophobic and, like... You know, it's just... I just see, like, other people that are there who are so fit and, I'm like, and just so, like... Or, or they're just, you know what I mean? I'm just like, mm. oh, you know, this is demoralizing. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, you're just looking at all these like fit, beautiful people the whole day. And then, uh, and then you look in the mirror and you're like, whoa, is this the blob? Like, <laughs> <laughs> or it could be motivation, right? Like these people that are looking good at the gym, they've been there for a long time. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm probably a little bit too critical. Mm. Um, uh, maybe judgmental, I would say. And it's, yeah, like I would see like girls who look like they're like, because it's a girls gym, that's mm. why I'm saying girls. But um, they look like they're like 30 kilos, but then doing like extreme cardio. Yeah. And I'm just like, girl, <laughs> why are you running yeah. so fast on that treadmill? Like you need to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then I start being that like, I'd, I'd get on, I'd become like a mom all of a sudden. And you're like, no girl, you need more protein yeah. and you need to do, you know what I mean? I used to be super critical of myself as well, thinking almost the same thing. And then uh, I read something on Reddit once and someone said, no one really gives a shit 
about you being there. It's so true. And then when you actually yeah. go in with that mentality, you start to realize, oh, everyone's just doing their thing, you know, it's yeah. not um. Oh, but there is that competitiveness, though, at the gym where you're on the same machine as somebody next to you. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> you have to be faster. You yeah, have to yeah, wait. Yeah. Oh, oh, they're going. Oh, the incline's going up. So yeah. is mine. And then, you know. I've been some. I've been to some crazy, like, uh, I did powerlifting for a little bit. Oh, wow. So I've been to, like, I've been to some gyms mm. where everyone is just looking at you and yeah. competing and comparing and yeah. it's really like this trashy. Yeah. It's almost like, why are you there? Exactly. It's, and it's, um, it's really ugly. Most of the time that's not the case. Yeah. But I've seen some meatheads in yeah. my day. Some, some really shocking gyms. Yeah. It, the, I went there because the vibe was kind of yeah. like that, uh, almost okay. like a caveman okay. vibe. So yeah. I didn't mind the vibe. I like that kind of vibe, yeah. you know, that dirty rundown, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, The weights consist of, you know, tins of cement and, and, yeah. and pot, you know, that kind yeah, of yeah. vibe. I didn't mind that. But the people that went there were, I think I went there twice and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Nah, you, need a, you need a good environment. That's yeah. why I prefer like martial arts or something that's a skill as well like yeah. you can use it like say and especially like um self-defense and things like that mm. i reckon that's for me i don't know i find that more beneficial for me yeah. like at least i can use yeah. some of these skills if i need to um god forbid that's but why like, i love jujitsu jujitsu i find as i get a little bit older i start to find that the kick that muay thai mm. mentality that i was yeah. speaking about before isn't uh conducive yeah uh to that Whereas I feel like Muay uh sorry, not Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu is more yeah. transferable. Yeah. Anyone can do it. It's not a contact sport, so it doesn't yeah. wear you out over time. Yeah. Like you see some of these Muay Thai fighters, they're retiring at 25 years yeah. old. Like they fight from the age of, mm-hmm. you know, six or seven. And yeah. it's very, very intense. Whereas, yeah. you know, Jiu-Jitsu is designed, you, you got like some, like Gracie, the Gracie family um, are very uh, well known. And they're in, some of them are in their 50s and they're still like world champions and stuff like that. Yeah, um, um, Russell Brand does jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Yeah, I follow him on Instagram too. Russell Brand. Yeah, Joe I really Rogan. recommend his Instagram and yeah. his podcast. Like, yeah. he, he's, he's all about like um, uh, mental health. Mm-hmm. That's his whole thing. Yeah. And, um, and I notice people who are like, people always praise jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. And that's something I want to do as mm. well. But like, I think sport in general or just activity, mm. physical um, activity is so important for your mental health. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I've been told as well. Mm. Like it's as important as taking your medication and yeah. stuff. So, um, well, going yeah. back to the break room, right? The whole idea is to yes. let off, blow off let steam, off steam and, and stuff. That's definitely important. And it, I think it's important. Like, I, I feel like some people do things, you know, I, and look, the other day I did go to a firing range. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say where mm-hmm. but i did go to a firing range mm. and at the insistence of my cousin because you know I'm, I'm about like i i really believe in gun control yeah um you know i just uh and, and actually having that experience like i, I can see how you can blow a steam mm. our guns are on the tether so there was no, yeah, yeah. you know risk of like yeah anyone, danger yeah, yeah yeah you know um just grabbing the gun and going you know whatever um so it was, and, and, and there's a skill to it because mm. like if you get the bullseye like and then you can make you can make it go further and further and mm. further away and see if you can still hit the bullseye but it made me realize more than ever how dangerous guns are mm. and that it's it's 
a good thing, you know, they're not readily available. Yeah. But I can see how things like that, like, you know, acts of violence, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it be the gun or the smashing the plates or whatever yeah. can also be some kind of um, stress relief. Yeah. In controlled environments. Sure. And if you, you know, obviously if your intentions are pure, mm. you know. Well, I don't I... know. That's debatable, isn't it? Like, is it? Is what, it encouraging exactly? violence or what? What exactly? Like breaking stuff. Well, I think it talks to this innate animosity. No, not animosity. That's not the word I'm looking for. Animal. It's almost like this caveman instinct inside us that, you know, growing up we're taught to, you know, have boundaries and control Mm -hmm. and to not, like, let loose. Yeah. But I guess, like you said, within a controlled environment, I don't see the problem as long as no laws are being broken, no one's in yeah. the way of harm like what's wrong with going into a room and... by the way you have to wear a hazmat suit and a big <laughs> and a big mask yeah. and like gloves that's it it's, it's safety shoes. but so you're getting the benefit of that thing without yeah. necessarily like at the gun range having the guns tethered yeah it's like you're minimizing uh any chance of anything going wrong mm-hmm. so what's the problem with that yeah thing? yeah um, i feel like australia speaking yeah. about the gun control australia has that this balance of it's available. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I know the process is incredibly long to yeah. get a gun license and it's even harder to own, to own a yeah. weapon and you're subject to random searches. Like they have your address registered. They yeah. can call up and come and search, mm. you know, make sure the ammo is separate from the weapon and all of yeah. this stuff. Whereas you have the opposite end, um, yeah. what we see in America yes, where exactly. people can go to Walmart and, you know, get some toilet paper mm. and a weapon. Yeah. You you see the gun violence obviously massively increased over there just because of the availability and the Yeah. You know. Uh, and also see the thing is like I think after Port Arthur Massacre in Australia, that's when they did the buyback scheme where yeah. the government asked for people yeah, to yeah. turn in their guns. Amnesty and, then, and stuff like that. I yeah. think they gave them money for it or okay. something. I'm not sure. But yeah. um I just remember images of on the news of them just like collecting all the guns and yeah. just like, you know. And they always use Australia as an example mm. of, like, gun control, you know, being successful. Um, and I think even with what happened in New Zealand recently, because um, their guns, their gun, um, gun laws were pretty um, uh, pretty loose, mm. um, without going into the legalities of everything, because I'm not sure, but yeah. I believe that, you know, you could, you could get, like, a really high-powered gun. Yeah. Um, just easily well when i was in new zealand did. we did uh we did clay shooting over there yeah and there was a specific shotgun that held five five bullets yeah and they the owner of the business that i was talking to over there said a lot of uh, australians go there because those uh yeah. guns aren't legal in australia no yeah there's certain guns that you can only have a certain amount of rounds yeah yeah um I think the one that I use is nine millimeter, mm. and I think it has ten yeah. or something. But like, but the the actual the amount of bullets and whatever that you can mm. use, and the type of guns that you can use actually differs from state to state. Okay. So I think New South Wales is pretty tight, but I believe in Queensland the laws are a bit more, you know, mm. more uh, more loose. But I, I think, think it, it depends as well on the area because of the area. Uh, New South Wales doesn't have as much maybe farmland as yeah. like other states. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, I remember one of the, looking at the license application, mm. there was a lot of uh, 
obviously you have to explain the reason yeah. why you're wanting a weapon and one of the reasons is like your own large land and your yeah. hunting pests and stuff like that yeah well it's interesting because before port arthur there was a strathfield massacre yeah strathfield plaza did you hear about that this was was this around the 90s yeah early 90s i think i was very young sure. at that time when but my sister was in the plaza right before the guy started shooting she was visiting a friend who was working at the coffee store mm. the coffee shop that um the the shooter was at so um i think he killed seven people that day mm. um so my sister had just left before he started shooting shooting up in fact he did yeah. aim the gun at my sister's friend mm. um who you know but they her friend was saying that he kept ordering cups of coffee one after the other one after the other um and then he just started shooting and then i think he went up to the car park and then he shot himself there but Damn. um yeah so and then so how that many cups happened. of coffee i'm not sure mm. but she was traumatized so the girl that was yeah my sister's friend she was actually really traumatized afterwards because that's come on that's a like a very yeah, traumatic experience and then, um, but it's interesting because I think about it and I'm like, that could have been my sister. You know, mm. had she stayed longer, who's the mother of my niece is just sitting in the yeah. corner. Had she stayed a bit longer that day, you know, um, God knows mm. what would have happened because she was literally in the coffee shop. Um, so that makes me think about it. And that's why I'm just like, you know, I'm just like, it's not, I don't know if it's worth it. Mm. Like, I think it's worth having gun control to you know because you just never know you just never know in the wrong hands you don't know the state people's <laughs> mental state you don't know what you know like people are like oh it's harmless but you just don't know in Look, I, wouldn't, hands, I wouldn't say it's harmless but i yeah. think definitely mental health issues mm. uh, i think mental health issues manifest themselves in yeah. hundreds of other ways yeah and definitely taking a weapon and harming all these people is definitely one of those ways yeah that mental health or mental illness manifests itself mm. like we can talk about gun control and we can but talk it's about interesting how it happens in schools <coughs> schools in america yeah and then the the gunman or the you know can you even call him a gun, gun kid or yeah. whatever is always you know, described as a loner, didn't have friends, mm. you know, um, was into the whole, like, counterculture. Not that, uh, not that yeah, I'm saying yeah. that's a reason, but do you know what I mean? They were always described as mm. being, like, a certain way. Yeah. You know, they were never always, they were never, like, the popular kid mm. or whatever. Um, so I think that in the wrong hands, especially, you know, um, I, I don't think... <laughs> And this is my very, like, uneducated opinion. But mm. I don't think that, like, gun control is... Like, I think it's very, it's necessary, but I think there's also um, mental health programs that need to happen in yeah. schools. Which I'm sure they're probably doing. Um, Not enough, of, in my opinion. Because there was such a taboo about it. Yeah. Um, for such a long time. Especially amongst young men, mm. who I think have, um, worldwide, have high suicide rates. Yeah. Um, there's such a taboo around it. Um, but I'm in, I have noticed in recent times that people are now opening up more mm. and there are campaigns now to kind of like normalize, you know, like just to kind of, um, destigmatize, yeah. you know, the, like, I remember at one point when people talk about going to therapy, mm. I'd be like, Oh my God, 
A shrink. This person's gonna shrink. Yeah. That's so like, oh my god. And now I'm just like, everyone's yeah, yeah, saying yeah. it. I'm like, yeah, I go. To, uh, yeah. Personally, I see a therapist. Yeah, yeah. Um, like everyone sees a therapist now these days. Well, like, I say there's two types of people: those that think they, those that need to see a therapist, and those that think that they don't need to see a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, the idea is that everyone needs... Well, think they're a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a lot of people in what we call accidental counselling positions, yeah. you know, especially when a lot of... Um, and I think that's a really good point, that a lot of people need to go see mm. uh, and learn about accidental counselling because... What is accidental counselling? So, accidental counselling is when you... F- find yourself in a position mm. of a, of a counselor when you're not yeah. a counselor. Oh, so it's usually that person in a large family that everyone goes to with their problems, everyone mm. goes to as the solution or the problem solver. Dear Lord, this is sounding very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. There's a lot of them, especially in our community or yeah. communities where there's it's taboo. Yeah. Like to go see a professional. Mm. It's like, oh why do you speak to that person? Oh it's, I can trust them. I can yeah. open up to them. So that mm-hmm. person is the accidental counselor. Yeah. Who's unqualified. Who's unqualified. Exactly. But there's actually some courses in accidental counseling, which is basically teaching people just to take, like, how to deal in that situation, how to respond in an appropriate way. Yeah. And then help that person Mm. that's looking, that needs the help or... Yeah. Like, help them get to where they need to be. Um, I think that's really important. So, so they're acknowledging that accidental counselors exist. And yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. so let's just try and kind of like direct them to the yeah. right way of accidental counseling yeah. people. But <laughs> it's it's like something that ever it's something that everyone can learn. Yeah. it's something that everyone needs to learn yeah. because at some point in their life, someone's going to open up to them about something. Yes, it's true. Uh, whether small or large, and mm. knowing how to respond in that situation, I think, is mm. one of the most important things to helping people get the help that they need. Yeah, is how how do you respond in the situation? You know, mm. how many times have we heard the story of? <clears throat> how many times have we heard the story of? Uh, a child or you know a young person mm-hmm. will they they hear their parents always telling them you know you can open up you can tell me whatever yeah. and then you tell them one thing and they lose their shit yes exactly how many times are you going to go and speak to that person after that never so you'll, i think that, exactly exactly well. so i think that response mm. is so important and yeah. i think the general mm-hmm. populace needs to learn how to respond appropriately mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the way that that's done is by teaching people emotional intelligence and knowing it's just because some people, they don't know how to respond in a situation. Some people just don't have any emotional intelligence. They have no tact. And can it really be taught? Because I I don't know. I've met some people. (laughs) Look, emotional intelligence is a massive thing to teach, but I think you can teach people even if they have a tiny minute amount of emotional intelligence, how to respond appropriately but, but don't you think everyone thinks they have emotional intelligence when clearly know. they when some people clearly don't but in their minds they think they do yeah so you know what i mean like i know people who just like have zero tact yeah or or you'll be at like a restaurant i know this doesn't really mm-hmm. equate to the same thing but you'll be at a restaurant they'll treat the waiter or the wait staff like crap yeah and then and then they'll think like they, well, they believe they're being human, super nice you know, yeah. like they just don't see, like, for example, I can be like, what, 
you know, to use myself as an mm. example, I can say, you know what? I think I have high emotional yeah. intelligence, but maybe I don't. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But in my mind, you know, I feel like yeah. I do. Well, I think it's important to surround yourself with people and have enough trust with people yeah. to say hey if i ever like step out of line like yeah that's good we're good to you know yeah <laughs> pull me up on that yeah yeah because if you don't have if you live in a bubble yeah. then i think that's even more dangerous yeah exactly because there's no feedback mm. uh, yeah that's that's an interesting one yeah and also i think um you know like for with me in particular uh, i know i'm using myself as an example but mm. i can only speak for myself <laughs> can't speak on behalf of everyone oh my god i sound like a narcissist (laughs) (laughs) um like i've noticed that people open up to me because i open up to everyone like Mm. i'm I'm an open book and i feel like that that people see that as an invite to then Mm. kind of just you know be very open with me um which is good but then i always in the end like just tell them to you know seek professional help because there's there's not much i can do as someone who's not qualified Mm. But I think, I feel like it's good for some people to just vent. Yeah. Especially for people who don't see therapists and whatnot, mm. because they have this weight on their shoulder and they just need somebody to like yeah, speak with. Yeah, let the steam. Yeah. And that's why I always recommend maybe like therapy, because um, for a lot of people, I feel like they just need that. They just need to mm. open up and just be completely vulnerable. Yeah. And I know I'm going into Brene Brown territory here. No, By the way, fine. I really love her. <laughs> I just love her when she talks about vulnerability <coughs> and shame. But like, yeah, it's just people, you know, th- th- there's a lot of pride. Yeah. I feel like with some people, mm. they just don't want to show that vulnerable vulnerability. I think there are so many people that would benefit from therapy, but they feel like it may not do anything or mm. they're scared of the outcome or it's almost like things are locked away and opening that box is like opening Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. But a good therapist isn't going to solve your problems because I hear this a lot yeah. is what is like, not, it's not going to get solved by talking about it. Yeah. It's not just talking about it. A good therapist will give you tools mm-hmm. in order to deal with your own shit. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Like a good therapist knows what tools you need yeah. in order for you to deal with what it is you're going through. Mm-hmm. They're not going to fix anything. No mm-hmm. one can fix any, like you can take that example. Like if this person doesn't want to heal or doesn't want yeah. to, they're never going to change. Yeah. So it's about finding someone who has the right tools. And to you give. have to find the right person. Like you might go to a therapist and they just might not do it for you. Yeah. And then you sometimes you have to try a few people yeah. to finally find the person that you connect with. Yeah. Um, it's you know because it's a it's a long relationship you're yeah. gonna have. You know then you should actually keep trying until and an it intensive actually one, right? Yeah. yeah. So I say like therapists are like when you have a good uh, when you have a friend, right? Mm. You might be a good person, and this person might be a good person, but you don't click. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to be their friend because you're both yeah. good people. I think the same thing applies with therapy. I think yeah. all counselors or therapists, just because I'm a qualified therapist doesn't mean I can counsel everyone or doesn't mean exactly. I'm going to click or connect with everyone. Yeah. So it is finding the right person because I know some people who have gone and seen someone once and they're yeah. like, oh no, yeah, mm. that's it. Like it doesn't mm. work yeah. or I didn't feel, Yeah. it's like, just give it some time. You give know? it some time and also like so. give it a few sessions 
And mm. if it doesn't, if it still doesn't feel right, mm. then just change. Yeah, find someone um, else. Don't use all your 10 free <laughs> sessions <laughs> on someone you don't click with. Yeah, you know, yeah. Make sure, you know, get your mental health plan, mm. get your free sessions, try out a couple of people and, mm. you know, whatever works, works. And um, get recommendations as well. I think that's a important. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. For me, talk therapy doesn't really work for yeah. me. Um, because I talk a lot mm. and, I talk to, <laughs> and I talk to people anyway, like yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm an open book, so I don't like, it's not like a weight is being lifted off my shoulders mm. because I talk to my friends all the time, you mm. know, and they know everything about me, um, which is maybe to my detriment at times, but like, yeah, I just, um, you know, I, I, I like to speak, but I think I'm the type of person who needs more kind of tools, mm. you know, to be able to. I need action plans. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I need, like, yeah. I think I just need somebody to hold my hand and just say, mm. I mean, they're not supposed to, but do you know what I mean? Like, or just say, hey, here are some tools that you can use. Yeah. Um, and that's why I love Instagram psychology pages. Because mm. you, you get to watch, a, you, you watch a lot of videos and then you, and you, you know, you look at the different techniques and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then you just... It's like free therapy, man. Yeah. There's a podcast I listen to specifically with the relationship counseling. Yeah. It's called Where Should We Begin? Okay. And her name is Esther Perot. She's Canadian. Yeah. I think French. Esther? Esther. Yeah, okay. Esther, Esther Perot, yeah. Okay. And she really, she changes obviously their names for, yeah. you know, privacy reasons and stuff. But she has a live session. Yeah. Like each episode is a different live session. It's just yeah. a one-off yeah. relationship counseling uh and it's really interesting to see you know as an aspiring therapist yeah. some of the techniques she's using and yeah. some of the questions that are asked mm. uh, i just f- it's i just get worried that when a lot of people are watching or listening to these things mm-hmm. they think they have the tools now yeah you know and some of these quote unquote accidental therapists mm. you know may do a one day course and all of a sudden think they can mm. heal the world or yeah you know it's a good starting point it's a good motivation mm. but it's really important that if you're gonna go down that path you because yeah. i've seen like working in the community for so long i've seen some people with the best of intentions can yeah. do so much damage yeah and like I said, it's it's mm. really that initial, that first point is so important. Like have the response or mm. like understanding what to say or when not to say anything. Yeah. Um, like I, but I, I always had an image in my head that um, if I was to go see a therapist one day, it would be like an old Jewish woman from New York. <laughs> you know? <laughs> be like, cut it out! Yeah. <laughs> Get over here! Bad accent. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you don't him in your life you know like that kind of stuff yeah uh but yeah no that doesn't happen you, <laughs> unless you go to new york yeah, yeah. um yeah like um yeah you just have to it's interesting who you click with and who you don't click with mm. like my doctor is became my therapist mm. so he did both but yeah. it was accidental i believe you know it wasn't yeah. meant to be that way but like i felt so relieved after speaking with him and we couldn't be two more different people yeah like if you saw us both in a room you would never believe that we would even say hi to each other yeah. like you know he he comes from a different part of the world mm. and you know he and he even her. admits it yeah 
he's like, you know, and that was the thing I liked about him as well, um, is that he always acknowledged that he's a white man and, you know, me as a brown woman mm. um, or an Arab woman or whatever term, like, you know, descriptor yeah. you put on that, that he knew that there were certain things he could never understand. Mm. And so he didn't, tr- so he'd just be like, you know, um, he always acknowledged that he has, um, you know, he comes from a def- different um, place uh, and a place of privilege at times. And so he didn't kind of try and impose, mm. you know, his understanding on things that he knew that he didn't understand. And that for me, what I was a like, great understanding, Damn. yeah. Damn, I like this guy, you know? Switched on, yeah. You know, whereas the first guy I saw when I landed in Australia, um, because uh, I currently live in Turkey at the moment, yeah. so when I landed here, um, he was like, he was like, is it because you're a Muslim woman? I was like, say what? He's like, you think all this stuff is happening to you because you're a Muslim woman? I'm like, wow. And then yeah. I found myself being defensive. And like, and the more defensive you sound, yeah. the more guilty you sound. Yeah. So it's like you're trying to hide something, yeah, but yeah. really, like I was overcompensating, mm. um, trying to make it seem like, yeah. you know, your voice goes up. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, damn, I'm sounding more guilty. Yeah. You know, the more I speak. That's not in a good place to be, though. If you're in your therapist's office and you're getting defensive. Yeah, he he was just doing like a, a psych assessment on me at the mm. time. And then he went up to my sister and he was like, do you think it's because she's a Muslim? <laughs> but do you know what? Like, I should be, like, offended by all of that. But I actually found it really refreshing. Because, I'm like, he's just saying what he's thinking. And he's just kind of like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, it's the whole Stockholm syndrome right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, he was just saying what he was thinking. And sometimes I prefer it when people are honest. Mm. And just, you know, and it gives you the opportunity to say, no, you're being a bigot right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, instead of just secretly thinking it, if mm. it makes sense. Do you know but what I mean? But not everyone has that confidence to be able to say that. Exactly. If yeah. they felt that. And but, not everyone is in a situation where they can take it in a positive yeah. way like you've done and said, oh, yeah, that's kind of refreshing, the fact that. Well, he's a bit, he was really eccentric, though. Yeah. So that's the other thing. It wasn't like he was like a stuffy you know, looking man in an old brown suit or whatever. Mm. No offense to people who wear stuffy old brown suits. <laughs> but like he 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 had like his shirt open. We called him a cowboy, my sister and I. Like he's a bloody Australian cowboy, that guy. And like, you know, he was swearing and he was just like Yeah, he he was a bit different. Yeah. So that's why I found it refreshing probably mm. that, you know, because he was just eccentric to begin with. Mm. But had it come from somebody else, um, I probably would have been more offended. Yeah. It sounds weird. You guys, you just had to be there. Trust me. You just had to be there to understand. But it was one of those moments where I like I started giggling about it afterwards. So mm. it was just like, okay. So you're going back to Turkey soon? I will. Mm. On Sunday. What's, uh, what's life like in Turkey? Life is busy. Yeah. It's a very busy city. I had my niece who's from Turkey sitting with me. Um, so she could probably give you more information, but <laughs> she's like, hell no, sister, you're on your own. It's very busy. It's a city of like 16 million people, Istanbul. Mm. I live on the Asian side. It's the only city that's split into two continents. Um, I should fact check that, but I'm pretty sure that's true. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yes. If, if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. So you got the Bosphorus. Um, yeah. You said split into mm. two continents. Um, is it the Bosphorus in yeah, okay. Good. We're fact-checking now. Fact-checking, <laughs> you know, um, and 
Yeah, so I take a ferry every morning from the Asian side to get to the European side. Mm. So I cross continents every morning and every night. So Are they different, like the two yeah. sides? Yeah, definitely. So the Asian side is more quieter. Um, you're more likely to find people that speak English on the European side. It's got all the tourist destination, like all the touristy stuff is on the European side. Um, I believe it's more crowded. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, and um, yeah, you just it's more of like the hipster-ish kind of vibe on the European side, mm. like some of the more like ooh-la-la areas. But um, I prefer the Asian side because it's more homely. I feel like you're forced to speak Turkish. Mm. You're forced to kind of like, you know, it's more traditional lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. The people there have more kind of traditional views and... Um, and I love tradition. I'm a big fan of mm. tradition. I believe, like, you know... It's more, I think, more authentic. I just When love... things aren't geared towards tourists. Like, the thing is, I didn't move from Australia to go to Australia. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like, I want to feel like I'm somewhere different. Yeah. And I guess... And it's interesting because a lot of my friends moved to the Asian side as yeah. well. Um, so we have a community. There. <laughs> we have, Obviously. like, our own WhatsApp groups and all that kind of stuff. And so people, like, you know, we, we text each other all the time and tell each mm. other where the best restaurants are, best, place, best places to go to in the area. The Aussie support group in Turkey. It's amazing. <laughs> like, it, it was funny because it's, like, the... Uh, I don't know if I should say this, but let's just say the more kind of... How do I say this without, like... I don't, like, I'm not, in, oh. We're pretty uncensored here, so. Ah, uh, you, yeah, I don't, so let's just say the more traditional Muslims mm, yep. live um, on the Asian side, mm. um, in terms of my friends and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, but that, but that is a total generalization, so, yeah. um, delete that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I find like, you know, like there's a certain group of people yeah. who live on the Asian side where we have more in common. Mm. Um, and it's nice, but I also love the European side. My family lived there as well. How far is it from you where you're living? My, where my family live? The European side from the Asian side. So the, the ferry takes seven minutes. Damn, so I close. walk to the ferry port, like it takes me about 10 minutes mm. to walk. It takes me seven minutes over the water. And then it takes another like 10 minutes to take a taxi to work. So within half an hour, you're within in like a different work, different yeah. part of the city. Exactly. Different part of the country. Yeah. But where my sister lives is a good, I don't know, 45 minutes deep into the city, Istanbul. From my house, probably an hour or so. It's half an hour. Okay, well, it takes my niece half an hour. So yeah. clearly she's better at public transport <laughs> than I am. <laughs> she lives there, right? She lives there, yeah. yeah. She's, she's a... Homegrown Turk, this one. Mm. Yeah. But it's nice to have family there and to know so many people. and So it's not just your work friends. You have mm. friends outside of work and stuff. So that's that's always nice as well. How about the work that you're doing there? It's it's just bloody amazing. <laughs> well, what kind of work are you doing there? So I'm in digital media. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Like, it, you know, you learn a lot and you, you learn from other people. And it's just, um, I guess it's the way... Of the future, really. Like, mm. everyone's now, um, you know, looking into digital media as, like, a, as, as like a primary platform. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's because of the, you know... Um, availability? Availability. Um, ease of access. Ease of access. Just people on public transport now, you see them, their heads are just in their phones. Yeah. And so, I, I believe, like, 
you know, a lot of the videos that we make, for instance, have um, subtitles and stuff mm. so that people can, they don't necessarily need to even put the volume yeah. on to understand what's happening. And yeah, like it just, I've, you know, you know how you could find accountants, like every place needs an accountant. Yeah. You know, um, I, I reckon mm. that's now becoming digital right, media, right, right. like every place is now needing people yeah. who are in digital media. So it's been, it's been a learning experience for me as mm. someone who came from writing mm-hmm. um, and creative writing to kind of just um, simplify things and learn to engage an audience in a very, sim- you know, with using as little words as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's a skill, you yeah. know, like, like writing a good tweet or whatever. It's yeah. a skill because um, I'm the type of person who writes a lot. Yeah. You know? I'm and you like, explore and explain. Yeah, and even when I write articles and that, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad that they give me like a um, a word limit. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll just keep going, yeah, keep going and going yeah. and going. So, um, yeah, I like I'm an explainer. Mm. I'm definitely an explainer. Like I like to know the backstories and the histories. Yeah. And I like to do a lot of research, and I'm definitely a person who explains a lot. Yeah. So for me. Um, in the particular work that I do or have been doing, um, it's 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 more about just facts. Mm. You know what I mean? This is what happened, A, B, and C. Um, yeah. Like keeping it concise and... As concise as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, for my brain to do that, it's like, it's, it's, it's been a real <laughs> learning experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I can just, you know, I like, yeah, they call me Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. Well, are, I, you, are you doing writing on the side then? Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I'm still doing creative writing and stuff, and um, I'm doing courses on screenplays and things like that. Like, Excellent. I just, that's that's always been my passion, like comedy, um, screenplays, mm. but not, you know, um, I don't like convention though. So what do you mean by that? Like some of my favorite movies, like my favorite book, for instance, is Catch Twenty Two, which isn't linear. You know yeah. what I mean? It's all over the place, but I feel like at the end the reward is so great. Mm. Or maybe like The Usual Suspects, right? Yeah. You don't know what the hell yeah, is going yeah. on. Who the hell is Kaiser Sose? Yeah. And then in the end, it just all comes together. Comes together yeah. Um, I just like stuff where it's uh, you just don't know what's gonna happen. It's not predictable. Yeah. You don't follow, like, the tropes, you know? So, like, for example, Game of Thrones, I loved. Yeah. Well, Before lo- they dropped the ball. Lo- Before they dropped the ball. <laughs> loved. I was reading the books as well. Yeah, yeah. And I had read Lord of the Rings before the movies came out. And, um, yeah, and so I remember when the trailer came out for Lord of the Rings. First of all, there was I was at uni and I was at the cinema um so yeah maybe i should have been in class at the time but i was at the cinema (laughs) and there was a poster and all it had was a hand and a ring Mm. in the middle of the head and it didn't say lord of the rings or anything it was just a hand and a ring and i grabbed my friend i was like girl this is lord of the rings and she's like how can you tell? I'm like, I can tell, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's Especially if ring. you've read the books and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but I was like, and Harry Potter was coming out the same year. That's right. I think yeah. Harry Potter came out first and then Lord of the Rings always came out on Boxing Day. Yeah. Um, in December. So, um, so I was like, how the hell are they going to... Compete? No. How are they going to turn Put this, this yeah, 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 into, into a movie? This movie yeah. It's so complex. It's just so rich, you mm. know, like 
This is the guy that created his own language, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then, but I was so psyched about Harry Potter. I had read the Potter books like four times each. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, my mom had first bought Chamber of Secrets, um, the second book, for my little sister, who's like 11 years younger than me. Mm. And my sister never read it. But I did. Yeah, yeah. So then I read the first one to go back, and then I reread Chamber of Secrets, and then I had to wait for the other books to come out. And so I used to run to Kmart. Everyone used to run to the bookstore. I used to run to Kmart mm. because there was never a line to get right. the new yeah, Harry yeah. Potter book. And so I was psyched about Harry Potter, but then the movie came out, and then I was like underwhelmed. And I much prefer the books. Yeah. But then Lord of the Rings came out, and I was like, Ooh. they did a good job. My jaw dropped to the yeah. door. My jaw it's dropped. It's difficult. Like you said, like having so much text and having... Like, how did they do yeah. that? You know? Yeah. They made it so interesting. And yeah, I was expecting it to be such a bore. Yeah. Because, you know, I like I love the books. Mm. <laughs> Some of my best friends are Lord of the Rings books. <laughs> <laughs> I love the books. Yeah. But like, I just, I was just like, how could they possibly turn this into a movie that people will actually understand? Yeah. You know? Well, like you said, the first how many seasons of Game of Thrones was spectacular and amazing in but the they had character development. Right, they? exactly. Yeah. And that's, it seems, where everything started going yeah. downhill after the books finished. Well, it's interesting. The guy that played Sir Barristan was saying that um, apparently, this, this was a rumor that was going around, mm. apparently George R.R. Martin wasn't allowed to release the next book until the show had been finished. Why? And then they brought like then that the, doesn't make sense. Yeah, by HBO, who? By D and D. Yeah, by D and D. That doesn't make any sense. Affectionately known as Dumb and Dumber on, on the internet. <laughs> 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 they yeah. ruined. They ruined the show of our time. I know the thing. Okay, here's my issue. Spoiler alert. Mm. But here's my issue. Right, I like the turn of the Mad Queen. Mm-hmm. I love that. That was a great like. Mm. That was great. Yeah. How quickly she turned. Yeah. Like, two episodes before, yeah, yeah, yeah. she was saving humanity. Yeah, yeah. Against the White Walkers. It makes no sense. I agree. I think the twist was amazing. Just the execution was... Excuse the pun. The execution was terrible. Yeah. Because there was no reason for mm. that stuff to happen that quickly. There was that- no... We needed to see the the mad. We that's why they could like, have given another season or two easily. Yeah, it would have been great if you kind of knew she was turning mad. Yeah, that's the other thing they wanted to finish quickly, quickly. so they could work on Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. But like, it would have been great to see her slowly going mad, so that when the bells start ringing, when she hits King's Landing and the and well, when she uh, hears the bells, that it makes the viewer wonder: Is she gonna do it or not? Yeah. As opposed to just completely surprising the viewers. Yeah. But make the viewers go, oh no, don't do it. Don't yeah, do yeah, Don't yeah. do it, you know? And then it would have been You feel like she, they get her to the point where she's teetering on the edge of sanity and exactly. insanity. And then... and then, but also, um, I just looked, there, there was a lot of problems in that season. Like, Arya and the Night King, like seriously, where did she jump out from? <laughs> seriously. She she's a ninja. Apparated, and people were like, No, but her storyline was all about her becoming an assassin for this moment or whatever. And mm. it's like, dude, he has like generals behind him. Mm. Did nobody see her coming? It would have been great. And if his she... walking ability, he should yeah. have been able to. What yeah. was he doing? I don't know. 
bloody went to Hawaii and coladas <laughs> on the beach while, while all this was going down. Yeah. But it would have been great if um if she had like taken somebody's face and then oh. and then killed him. Do you know what I mean? Maybe taken one of the if she could take White one Walker's of face. face. Yeah. Yeah. And then did it and then revealed herself. Like something like that would have been yeah like. Uh, Way more exciting, I think. Look, we all know all of the problems that happened with that show. Indeed. In regards to <laughs> the storylines. But the thing that annoyed me the most was the first four or five seasons. There was all these little bits. Yeah. Little one word, yeah. like little lines, little yeah. tiny breadcrumbs that yeah. made no sense until yeah. three seasons later. Yeah. Like the depth. Yes. Was one of my favorite things. Yeah. And then in the last few seasons, they built all of these possible Mm -hmm. deep stories that literally went nowhere. Like, what the hell was with the R+, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, okay, oh, that was amazing, it came out, okay, he's actually Targaryen. R+, L equals J, like, what was that for? And then what? Yeah, and then what? And then what? That's what killed me. Why did you make us Stuff like that, And even the fact that George R, you know, when he had his initial meeting with Dakadama... He was like, um, he asked them, you know, who's John Snow's mother? And they got the answer right. Yeah. And that was the key for them being able to produce the show. Yeah. He gave them the rights after that to to make the show. Why was that question so important after all? And and also the turn of John Snow, which is, uh, she's my queen. You know? I don't want it. She's my queen. I don't want it. He had two lines in the whole show. She's my queen. I don't want it. How do you go from Battle of the Bastards? One of the most amazing episodes where, you know, John really comes Mm. into his own. And then in the end, he's just like banished, you know? Not allowed to it's have very, children, yeah, so stateless. Yeah, not stateless, but you know what I mean. Without mm. land or titles. Or... Yeah, yeah. That that hurt my soul. As a huge Jon Snow fan, that hurt my soul. I remember, <laughs> I remember when they started putting out putting out vigils and stuff like <laughs> you were all over social media <laughs> about Man, Jon Snow. That broke my heart. But but <laughs> um, on the upside, I'm now a top fan of Game of Thrones memes Facebook mm. page. They gave me a badge. So, Lovely. Yes. Mm. I'm top fans of <laughs> Humans of Banktown. <laughs> <laughs> and I and the independent newspaper. Mm. I was really happy when I got the independent. Yeah. Because that means your comments go up to the top, don't right, they? Right, yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, the accolades. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get the most likes now. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was, uh, yeah. But yeah. So Game of Thrones. Mm. Cancelled. Do you reckon they'll remake it? For sure. Especially after the books come out. For sure. First of all, it made too much money for them. Do you reckon they'll make it from beginning again? They'll have to change it completely, though. They'll have to do it differently. How are you going to do that, though? The best thing was the surprises, though. Because they know they can't surprise us, so they're going to have to like try and surprise us. But then you'll have people saying, oh, but it's not true to the story. Or they're going to need some really attractive actors to keep us watching. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon they could do a whole bunch of spin-offs on... The the storylines that were cut out of the main story, maybe like the um, uh, where were they? You know the people of um, Dawn and stuff. Yeah, like Dawn, the of Dawn and stuff. Dawn's plan, uh, Robert's rebellion before yeah. the story started. There's a whole bunch of things they can do to kind of add at least to that do, story. Do you know what though? Unpopular opinion. I like Cersei. I yeah. liked her. How and Look, why? People 
were living in peace under her command, okay? <laughs> was oh, still, I think that peace is subjective, She wasn't going around Drakarian everyone. <laughs> yeah. Like, she, you know, like, people were, you know, yeah, she was, she was doing a thing. And there was, I think, there was a scene in one of the earlier seasons where um, her dad, I think it was her dad, basically tried to shut her down. Um, like, as in, like, she was not fit to rule. Yeah. And a little part of me actually felt sorry for her in that scene. Mm. You know? And I just, you know, the thing is, she knew her limits, right? Did she? Daenerys didn't know her limits. I don't think Cersei knew her limits. I think she did. Like, she didn't... Right until right until the end. She actually... She's did. standing in the Red Keep and she's saying, it's okay. The She's in denial, bro. Yeah. She was but, in denial. But then if you're in denial, then you're not aware of your limits. No, as in like she, her, in terms of her like, um, murderous rage. <laughs> oh, right. She, you know, she, okay. So she did do the whole, like, um, what do they call it? Human shields. Mm. You know, she put the people in the red yeah, yeah. and stuff. The, the, but she actually thought that they would have show an ounce of humanity and not, you know, murder everyone. Mm. And that was why it was like a military tactic for her, you know? So. But she. Three episodes before that, or two episodes before that, she behead Missandei for no reason. I don't think it was for no reason. I think it was a it was a um, message. She was sending a message. What message? Don't try and attack us. Yeah, but what did you benefit from that? Uh, you drove her over the edge, according to Dumb and Dumber. She she no, nah, I don't know. She that drove her over the edge. I well, think she was kind of like... It contributed, right? She had it in her. She had it in her all along. Yeah. You know? What well, I it? think that was the story that they're trying to tell. Yeah. But then it's so stupid. But you know how they say, like, with a Targaryen, you flip a coin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When a Targaryen is born, you flip a coin. You flip a coin. But and that's so... so dumb. You just wiped out a character arc. Everyone's character arcs were wiped out with some rush decisions at the end. Because of Star Wars? Jamie's... Everyone's now going to watch the new God, Star Wars and be like... Uh, Screw you, director for this. Especially if Star Wars turns out to be crap, yeah. people are not going to be forgiving. Yeah, yeah. No, Game of Thrones needed another two, two seasons. Two seasons, at least. yeah, 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 for sure. And Jon Snow definitely needed more lines. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> she's my queen. I don't want it. I don't want it. My queen. I don't want it. Scottish Jon Snow. <laughs> I don't want it. Alright, we've done over an hour. Yay! Thank you so much for coming. No worries. I appreciate it. Hopefully next time you come back, we'll have you on again. Yay! Inshallah. Alright. We'll uh, we'll talk to you. Inshallah, man. An inchy. Bit of an inchy. (laughs) Peace out, y'all. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of the Ad Love Podcast. If you guys enjoyed it as much as I did, please share it. If there's anyone who you feel like could benefit from anything that we spoke about, um, please um, send it to them. It would mean the world to me. Uh, I post a lot of stuff uh, about the podcast on my Instagram, some quotes and stuff like that, so that even if you're not listening, you can still benefit from the podcast. Uh, That's Amon Sayed on Instagram, double A-M-O-N-S-A-Y-E-D. Again, if you guys have any discussion points, the Instagram is probably where to take that discussion. uh, And that's where I can interact with uh, you guys as listeners. Uh, Until next time, take care, stay safe and add love.